Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. I will provide 
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you so much, my sister, for blessing us with that song. That was truly powerful, powerful, powerful. I just would like to, at this time, just welcome the man of the hour who will be presenting a word from the Lord tonight, none other than Brother Patrick. Good evening and happy Sabbath, Brother Patrick. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Sister Kathleen. And happy Sabbath to everyone from around the globe. And um, I just remember, as I was hearing the testimonies, that Brother Rice is sharing his testimonies money tonight in Australia to the his search, the Seventh-day Adventist search, going to be hearing his testimony for the first time. And I know he sent me a link so we can log on and listen it. And that's going to be about 11 o'clock our time or 12, 11 to 12, because Australia is on the other side. So we are to keep him in prayer. I know the church probably going to be really shocked because it's not a lot of us as Adventists hear those type of testimony. We hear about outer body experience and all these things. But God is truly an awesome God and we're so happy and glad to see the Sabbath is here again. The week is going by so fast. It seemed like the Sabbath was just couple of days ago. But here we are one more time to praise the Lord and to lift up holy hands and to exalt him. And um, we continue, you know, I heard Brother Harold share the testimony and I was listening to hear if his sister is okay now and she's speaking because I know we're going to have her on tomorrow by God's grace. You know, we're going to pray up, pray up, pray up because, you know, God is going to do something. Remember on the prayer line, we mentioned that every 10 minutes, prayers were going up for Sister Alexandra. So we know God is able and God is hearing our prayers. It's trying time. But what we have to do is just to prepare and ready as the Lord take us to the next level. So, as usual, sometimes the Lord impressed me to, you know, to allow a few brethren to share the word and the Lord will just impress us who and when. And tonight, we're going to be favored again by one of our favorites. You know, we have a lot of favorites. So, Sister Anita from um, St. Vincent, sorry, not St. Vincent, from St. Lucia. So, we just want to welcome her. She's going to present the word tonight again, and she have a mighty word. So, brethren, fasten the seatbelt, keep her in prayer, and she's going to take us to the word of God. So, Sister Anita, we want to welcome you. If you unmute your phone, want to make sure we are hearing you clearly. Good evening. Happy Sabbath. Okay, praise the Lord. And we just want to say happy Sabbath. And how is it going over there in St. Lucia? 
Well, we're doing very well, mighty good in the Lord <laughs> from the spiritual side of it. <laughs> the Lord has Amen. been faithful listening to the um, the praise reports. It, you know, we're just rejoicing as well because we're we're seeing the mighty hand of God moving in in our lives. Um, there's been another major community spread of the COVID-19. So um, we've experienced our first two deaths in the country. Um, and unfortunately, one of them, what the first one actually was one of our Adventist pastors. So that has the Adventist wow. community saddened. And, um, wow. you know, it, it reminded us, you know, of, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're never immune to death and that we all should be prepared at whatever point in time it comes that we can say it is well with our souls because we never know when that time will come and how it will come. But when we stand on the side of God, when we have Christ in our lives, we can be sure that, you know, he's going to take us through whatever comes our way. So, you know, it's been a sad time for the church. Um, but um, on the other side of it, we know that he knew the Lord and he experienced his goodness as well and served faithfully. Yeah. Amen. I just, um, <clears throat> just before I came on, Sister Lisa from Florida, my niece there, just said that one of the conference presidents in Florida just passed away too. Oh, so, wow. So, you know. Wow. A lot of things are happening, and the COVID is turning here. They are about to close down a lot of places again. So same here, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we are to gear up, as you said. You know, these are signs of the time, and we as exactly. Adventists, we gotta pray that this disease don't touch none of us. We are covered Amen. under the blood. Mercy, Amen. Mercy. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, my sister. You can go ahead now with your presentation. God okay, bless but can you. Okay, can you hear me loud and clear, Brother Patrick? Very clear, very clear. Better than okay. the last time. Praise the Lord. All right. Okay. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay. Go Good evening, everyone on the prayer line. Good evening, brothers and sisters. We serve a mighty God, and I just want to join in with, with all of those who have gone before, and I know that you've tasted and you have seen that our God is truly indeed he's good he's awesome he's faithful and i know brothers and sisters when we come when we come out through our different trying situations when we come out on the other side on the side of victory there is so much to thank god for there's so much to praise god for and tonight the lord has impressed me to present the word from first samuel chapter 17. it's a very familiar passage but I pray that what I'm going to share this evening will strengthen all of us. And so I have given the title of this message, If God Before You. If God Before You. And if you have your Bibles, just turn with me to First Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to consider verses 1 to 7 to start off with. And wherever you are, happy Sabbath to you. And I know that united, we will stand. We will stand against the storms of life. I've heard the, the way prayer 
um, has worked and the power that people have experienced, brothers and sisters, in even here in this corner of the globe, we have been praying, my husband and I, and we've been we've been seeing the hand of God moving mightily, and I know that you have too. So tonight it's about glorifying God. Tonight it's about remembering who He is and what He can do and the power that He has. And so. Just bow your heads with me wherever you are. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your son, all of us bow before you humbly because we have nothing good to offer. But we know that blood that was spilt on the cross of Calvary is available to cleanse and wash us. Accept us, dear God, as your children. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. As I speak, Father, let your words be heard. Let Jesus be exalted. Let Jesus be seen, O God. And I pray that as we behold your lovely son, that we would be changed, our faith would be strengthened, and that, dear God, your word would give us power to overcome every situation in our lives, and we would glorify you all the days that we live. Thank you, Father, and give us a word this evening, we pray in Jesus' name. First Samuel 17 says, verse 1, now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shoko, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shoko and Ezekiah in Ephesdamim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had an helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of milk. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had graves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing a shield went before him. Beloved, though this is a well-known story, Come with me and, and look at this most inspiring story for what might be the thousandth time. There is a challenge given here against Israel. The challenge comes because God has already smitten this very army that rises up against his people. Listen to the context here. See, the Philistines had come to attack Israel once before. But they came when Samuel was offering burnt offerings. And though God was never pleased with anyone attacking his children, he was certainly very, very, very distraught that they came to attack his children during their time of worship. So God thundered at the Philistines and he smote them with his mighty arm. Their pride was hurt and their identity was so reduced that they felt they had to do something about it. They had to strategize and do something differently. Now they dare not go to fight the Israelite army. See, beloved, even our enemies know 
when they cannot come up against us. And so they will strategize and they will meet and they will be in counsel as to how they will come up against us. So this army this recognized that they could not come out to fight the children of Israel because they had learned that even if they had enough soldiers, when God is on the side of an army, the numbers don't count anymore. They understood that God's mathematics just did not make sense. When he divides, brothers and sisters, he multiplies. And I heard that tonight. You know, the sister who shared with us that she went on to her bank account and, and she, she, yes, she received a, a certain amount, but there was surplus enough for her to do what she needed to have done. When God divides, brothers and sisters, I don't know, we know what division means, but in God's mathematics, when he divides, he multiplies. When he subtracts, he adds. Remember Gideon's army? This army had 32,000 soldiers, and they were going up against the Midianite army of 135 soldiers. Now imagine this number. What is the ratio? This means that there is one Israelite soldier to four Midianite soldiers. One against four. Amazingly, God tells Gideon, hey, this army is too big. Okay, hold on, God. I could imagine Gideon saying, we are already few in number against this army. We're only 32,000 against 135. But you're saying our army is too big? So God subtracts here. And God says, no, it's too big an army. For what I have to do, reduce this number. And the number went down to 300. Yes, beloved. What are the odds that an army of 300 soldiers will be victorious against an army of 135,000 soldiers? God proved that this was possible when he stepped out and fought with that army against that great multitude. Yes, beloved, our rivals, our foes, our enemies have to think twice when they come up against us especially when God is on our side. Mary Magdalene was tormented by seven devils. But our mighty God, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jehovah Nisi, stepped on the scene of her situation and delivered her with his mighty arm. When Joshua was hard-pressed on every side by his foes, God marched into his situation and delivered him with his mighty arm. When Moses saw destruction and death, he trusted in the everlasting arms of God. And God proved himself faithful and mighty in battle. And he delivered Moses with his mighty arm. I say, praise the Lord tonight. So we see here that the Philistines have found themselves in an awkward position. They truly understand the God even though they don't know him for themselves, but they can see evidence of what he's doing in his children's lives. Here, there is a strategy being formulated. They ask themselves, how can we fight these people without having to risk the entire army that we have? 
the lives of everyone in our army. Now, there are some subtle differences that had occurred. The people of God had found themselves with a leader who had pushed God out of his life to the extent that Samuel had been alienated from him and the Holy Spirit did not have control over this leader of God's people. Guess what? The news began to travel to the heathen nations that Samuel and Saul were not as close as they once were. What you have to see here is that even those who did not claim to worship the Almighty God understood that the power of Israel was not solely in Saul. It was not just Saul, but it was with Saul and the man of God and their connection with heaven. As long as Saul was together with Samuel in accord with God, in accordance with God's will, they were a force to reckon with. The enemies knew to stay away from them. But when the man of God was not involved anymore, even those in the Philistine camp began to say, if we are ever going to attack this nation, the time is now. Beloved Satan and many persons around us look to see how our relationship is going with God. When we are in the word, when we are singing the songs of Zion, when we are living in the spirit of praise and thanksgiving, the devil does not like to bother us. He knows that his problem is not us. He knows his problem is going to be God. Romans 8.31 is well known by the devil. It says, what shall we say then? What shall we then say to these things? Is God before us? Who can be against us? He doesn't want to attack us when we are on God's side. For when God is on our side, Satan well knows that he can never win. However, he has learned to watch us to see where we are with God. When you and I begin to slip and may think that nobody notices, Satan is watching. I have come to believe that the most powerful protection that you can have is not a lock or an alarm, not friends or a credit card, not a bank account, not cars or houses. The greatest, greatest and most powerful protection that we can have. And beloved, I declare tonight that you can strip me of everything, but don't take God from me. God is our only protection, friends. Had it not been for the Lord on my side, I would not have made it, brothers and sisters, thus far. And I have seen the enemy come in like a flood. I have seen him fight. I have seen him, you know, come in and, and, and tell me that I'm not going to make it. But God stepped in those situations. He stepped on the scene and he showed himself faithful, beloved. And I know there are many who could witness to that tonight. So let's turn back to the story here. The Philistines watched them, and when they determined that Samuel was alienated from Saul, they made an incursion into the land of Judah, and they entered in. At Shoko, the Philistines are on the territory that God had given to the children of Israel. Now, you may ask, what are they doing there? 
How did they get there? Well, they got there because of the breach that was in the connection between God's people and God's power. Listen again. There was a breach in the connection between God's people and God's power, and the enemy was able to come in. The Philistines are in Shoko on the mountain, and the Israelites are on the other side of a mountain. And now they make a preposterous suggestion. Instead of our armies fighting, they say, let two people, one from each of our armies, fight each other, and whoever wins, the other will serve them. Well, this, they say, sounds like a good idea. But they already had a strategy. They had hidden behind their lines a son of Anak, one who, is, who was well known for taking the lives of many reputable children of God. But they say, let's hide him until they cut the deal. So now when they think the deal might be cut, they bring him out. It is said that Goliath was about 12 feet tall. This giant of a man whose armor weighed 110 pounds and his spare 13 pounds now comes out at a crucial time for Israel. Their problem was not Goliath. Their connection with God was gone. And that was their biggest problem. So many times, friends, we complain that people are against us. See, the problem is not the issue. God is bigger than our problems. Here comes this giant at the wrong time in the history of Israel. Can you imagine in the morning waking up to him shouting out, Israel! Where is your champion? Send me someone to fight. Israel did not know what to do. Now, when you're disconnected from God, you surely do, would not know what to do. When you are connected to God, you do know what to do. The interesting thing about this story is that the Bible tells us that the tallest among the children of Israel was Saul, the king himself. The king stood head and shoulders above the rest of the children of Israel. Saul could have told his army, you pray, I'll go fight. But he didn't. Listen to what 1 Samuel 17 verse 11 says. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Beloved, it is not your size that matters. It is not your ability that matters. It is not your skill that matters. It is not how much knowledge you have that matters. It is your God that matters. Do I have a witness on the line tonight? Beloved, our God matters. And when we are connected with heaven, when we are connected with the I am that I am, when we are connected with the lion of the tribe of Judah, when we are connected with the king of kings and our Lord of lords, we can stand confident on this premise that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every word that shall rise against us in judgment, we shall condemn because this is the heritage of the servants of, the, of, of God. And your righteousness, the word says, is of me. 
saith the Lord. We are controlled by the hand of God. He is God. He says, silver and gold are mine. He counts his cows by heels, not by heads. God alone has the ultimate control. I have seen God work mightily, beloved. He has never failed me yet. What about you? I have gone through the fire. I have been through the flood. But I have never been abandoned nor forgotten, neither forsaken by my God. Hallelujah. Israel is alarmed. Beloved, they have the most powerful being on their side. But what are they wondering? What, what is going on here? But they are wondering what to do. 1 Samuel 17, 22 to 24 says, And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brothers. You know the story very well. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard them and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. Think of it. David comes over to give his brothers food. And he's seeing this. He's expecting a fight. But he's seeing this scene of soldiers of the living God trembling and shaking before a heathen before the enemy. If you think that God cannot take care of this problem, think again. Look at this, brothers and sisters. David was in Bethlehem, keeping sheep. The battle is in Shuko. Now, if you were to look at the map and examine the distance from Shuko, where the problem was, and the fields of Bethlehem, where the solution was, there was a great distance between the two. But with God, hallelujah, nothing is impossible, beloved. The Bible says with God, all things are possible. It didn't matter how far away the solution was. But wherever God needs someone to step on the scene and represent him, he will make a way for that person to be there at the right time, at the right moment, in the right place. And his anointing will fall and victory will be realized. That's how God works. It didn't matter that David was not among the, the mighty men of war. He was not even anywhere near the battlefield. But God took him from the fields of Bethlehem all the way to where the battle ensued. And God sent this great man, small in stature, with nothing else, no military experience. But God was his God and God was with him. So beloved, David goes as I said, to bring food for his brothers. But he arrives there and he listens to the words of Goliath. He's waiting to hear the clanging of metal. But he learns it has been 40 days and there's no war. All they're doing, the Israelites are cowarding in fear. 
He sees Goliath come out in the morning and evening, ridiculing Israel and the God of heaven. He sees no battle. So David asks his brother, Eliab, what's going on here? Why isn't there any fighting? Did I all taking a break? And David's brother says, why are you here? Go back and tend the sheep. David continues, who is this speaking? Are you going to let him talk about God like this? And then David says, I may be young and inexperienced, and I'm paraphrasing here, but listen, if I tore up a bay, and a few days ago, a lion came out and went after a sheep, and I, I took him out too, I don't know about this giant here, but if God could have given me power over a lion and a bear, I have no doubt that he can give me. Now notice this. David is not speaking about anybody else. When you know God for yourself, you know what God can do for you and through you and in you. David has understood. He's connected with heaven. He's connected with the almighty God. And that is what we need to be praying for, beloved. A powerful connection with heaven, with the living God of the universe, that nothing can sever that connection. No one, nothing of this world, no principality, no power, no demon in hell should be able to sever that connection. We are to hold on to the unchanging hand of our all-powerful God. And David understood that, friends. He understood that. He didn't speak about anyone else. He said boldly to his brother, if my God could have delivered me from the bear, and if my God could have delivered me from the lion, I know he can deliver me from that uncircumcised Philistine. Now, there is something interesting to note. Regardless of the tone that Eliab was using, and trying to hush David up and have him go back home, David didn't get angry. Why? Because when you are in battle, you cannot fight your family. We are always saying these are hard times. These are perilous times. And I'm going coming closer to us as a church family. But if we are in a state of war, how is it that we have time to fight each other? brother fighting brother in the church, sister fighting sister in the church. Why don't we just take that energy, take that fight toward the devil? Why don't we unite together and come under the banner of heaven and fight Satan instead of fighting each other? When you're under attack, you should never fight each other. We should never fight each other. In fact, the family of God ought to start acting like a family, or we should stop, start, um, stop calling each other brother and sister. What if we, the children of God, could stop fighting each other, unite together, turn all of our energies on the real enemy, Satan? Oh, beloved, what victories we will experience. What mighty breakthroughs will we realize in the lives of each other? In the lives of the world around us. So David does not advance himself. He allows his brother to speak. And then his brother goes to Saul. David converses then with Saul. I can imagine David asking, is someone ever going to go into battle? I heard that Goliath has been doing this 
for 40 days. If no one is going to go up and shut him up, I will go. One writer said that David could have quoted scripture to Saul. He could have verbally opened up the word before Saul. But evidently Saul was not moved by the power of God because he had lost that connection. Instead of quoting what God would say, he provided Saul with evidence. If you know someone is not inclined to scripture, then you're wasting your time quoting scripture. But you can prove that God is powerful with, in, in another way by declaring him through your testimony. Sometimes people will not want to hear the word from the Bible, but your story, your testimony can move mountains, oh beloved. That is why the Bible says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So David testifies to Saul. David does not quote scripture, but he does it a different way. He then tells Saul the same story. I had a, a bear come up to me. I had a lion come up. And he describes how he destroyed them. And the power of God attended him and he destroyed those animals. You can prove because no one, sorry, because no one can tell you that God didn't, when you give your testimony, no one can tell you that God didn't do that for you. Even an infidel cannot doubt that God has worked for you through the power of your testimony. David reaches Saul at this level. He testified of the time when he was tending sheep and the lion came and then the bear. But he knew what God could do. I can imagine him saying to Saul, if God can take care of that bear, Saul, if he can take care of that lion, who is this giant next to God? Saul is convinced. And so he tells David, well, go ahead. But listen, you need my armor. Here you go. And David says simply to him, I have never worked in this before. I don't know about this armor. He tried it on and he recognized, I'm not familiar with this. These are not my weapons of warfare. And beloved, just tarry with me here because this is a most important point. Saul is trusting in physical armor. David is trusting in spiritual armor. David, I could imagine, put on that armor and is saying to Saul, this just won't work. Let me use what I am used to. And, 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 and right away, Saul may have asked, well, well, David, what do you have? What are you going to use? And, and I could imagine David saying, well, I will use God. So you mean you will go to the battle without armor? Yes, sir, I could imagine David responding. I am going without the armor that you can see. But there is, hallelujah, an armor that I have on. It only takes the spiritual man to see it. I've got on the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. Hallelujah. I can just hear David saying, I don't need your 
your, your physical armor that is nothing before the enemy. But I have a spiritual armor that when it is put on and locked in place, no enemy can come up against the child of the living God. And so David knew what it was to apply Ephesians chapter 6 when he was going into this warfare. And so we see here, is this the one, we, 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 let's just move to the scene now where David steps out and goes before Goliath. I could imagine the look on Goliath's face. It is not a man, it's a young man, a lad coming before him with no armor, mind you, no physical armor. And, they, and Goliath says this, is this the one you are sending to fight me? I will take his carcass and feed him to the birds. Listen to what verses 45 to 47 says. Then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Hallelujah. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth, not with sword, praise the Lord, not with say, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hands. David says, I come to you in the name of the Lord. I come to you, not in my strength, but in the power of the living God. He goes now in the name of God, picks up some stones. If you look at Judges 15, you would read that there were 700 left-handed slingers among the children of Israel who were powerful in war. So David did not come out there unprepared in terms of the physical weapon that he would use. He had something physically, but he had the spiritual armor on. The divine plus the human effort is powerful in the hand of God. God prepared David for this time. When David picked up this stone, he was well prepared. David let that stone go from his sling and it did not miss. Now listen to what certain biblical scholars say. They say that certain scholars, sorry, it's not biblical scholars. Let me clarify that. But persons studying that story, many scholars say that it was not really God or God's power that caused Goliath to be defeated. They say that giants suffer from something called lateral blindness. A giant can sometimes not see what is coming at them from the side. Peripheral blindness. So due to this, David was able to take him down. In other words, he did not see from that angle that the stone was thrown by David. 
I believe that David had enough skill to choose the right weapon, beloved, and enough wisdom to pray the right prayer. Because when you combine a consecrated heart with an unfailing God, you can't lose. All he had to do was say, Lord, I have skill, but it's not enough today. I need you to aim for me. Now they tell me that in warfare, missiles are able to turn in mid-air. They are designed to move so that they can reach the target. Now if man can create such missiles, things like this, don't you think that God can turn a rock even though it's spinning in mid-air? We need to stop thinking on purely human terms. If God before you, friends, who can be against you? What are you going through tonight? What is your battle tonight? Give it over to the Lord and stand like David stood with your face to the foe. This young man does not go out on his own power. He does not go out on his own strength. If you and I go in the name of God, God will fight for us. God arranged for Jesse to send David, his son, down there. God arranged for him to refuse Paul's armor. God arranged for that bear and that lion to attack David. He allowed it so that David could be trained for the battle ahead. You may have a problem right now, beloved. You may have a problem right now. You may be fighting your bear and your lion. But beloved, consider this problem, your bear or your lion, that is getting you ready to fight your, your Goliath that is coming your way. You may have some giants in your life. It's been longer than 40 days listening to this giant defame your God. Why don't you get on your knees now and lift up your hands by faith to the God who has all power. When we surrender to him, friends, when we humble before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, he will bring us the victory. God wants us to see that he can do the same through us today as he did through David. We can step out in faith and defeat the kingdom of darkness through the power of God. Many of us are coming under attack by the enemy. Satan has come in to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Sometimes we feel that our prayers have no power. But friends, let us never be comfortable living a life of defeat. God is the same miracle-working God. He is the same one who defeated Satan at the cross. He is the same one who cast Satan out of heaven. He is the same one who said, I saw him fall like lightning. He is the same one who says, I've given you power and authority over all the kingdom of darkness. He is the same one who says, greater work shall we do in these last days. He is the same one who says, he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will, will prophesy, your, your, your young men will, your old men will dream dreams. Beloved, you know the scripture. God's word is powerful. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same one who promises us victory tonight. And in closing, I would just like us to remember 1 John 4.4. 4. 
ye are of God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I say hallelujah. Zechariah 4, 6 says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Deuteronomy 28, verse 7 says, the Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. You will see, friends, they shall come out against thee one way, but when you and God step out in faith, they will flee before thee seven ways. Second Chronicles 20.15 says, Hearken he, all Judah, and he inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And I leave you tonight, friends, with the scripture that I attended to earlier on. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. The key text for this message. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? So, beloved, our God is real. <coughs> Excuse me. Our God sits on the throne and has all control. Satan is no match for our great God. No principality, no power, no demon, no kingdom, no nation, no human upon this earth. Nothing, no one is bigger than our God. He's bigger than our problems. He's bigger than our trials. He's bigger than our situation. He's bigger than our financial crisis. He's bigger than our sickness. He's bigger than our, our, our sorrows. He's bigger than our hurt. He's bigger than the pain that we're going through tonight. The Lord God of heaven and earth sits on the throne and he holds all power. All he's asking us to do is to connect to that power source and to see the mighty works that he can do in our lives. Beloved, I submit to you tonight. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. I submit to you tonight a God who never fails. I submit to you tonight an unchanging, an exalted and supreme, mighty, great God. Beloved, I have never seen the Lord fail me. I am speaking from a place tonight. Right now we're, we're experiencing warfare, backlashes from the enemy. But that will not cause us to be quiet and to stop glorifying our God. When the enemy comes in, we need to rejoice because God is doing something big in our lives. God is moving on the scene of our situation. Beloved, every time, and I always say this, Every time the enemy is popping his head, God is about to bring a mighty breakthrough. Every time you see that as if you, you're going to be drowning and it seems that you're closing in with that darkness all around you, 
Beloved, rejoice in your tribulation. Rejoice in your sorrow. Sing songs of praise that would remind you of who God is like David did. That's why the Psalms are there and they are so powerful. Why do you think in spiritual warfare, the Psalms are used against the kingdom of darkness? Because when David fought Goliath, he knew who he was fighting with. He knew who was fighting for him. And that is what the devil knows. The devil knows who is connected with our great God. So tonight, may we grab hold to our God and never let him go. No matter what comes your way, hold on to Jesus like that woman with the issue of blood. Even if she could not get to Jesus and stand upright, she said, if I could only but touch the hem of his garment, even if I get the crumbs from the master's table, that is faith. Even if you just speak a word, I know he will be healed. Beloved, we need that kind of faith that we know the little things God would do would move great mountains in our life. And so tonight, I just ask if there's someone on the line. You want this breakthrough. You want to see and experience that victory that God's word has promised to his children. You're praying for someone. You're praying for yourself. You're praying for a situation. You're praying for a financial breakthrough. You're praying for healing. You're praying for deliverance. Tonight, I just ask right now, wherever you are, just lift up your hands and glorify the Lord and say, Father, help thou my unbelief. Help me to lay hold of you by faith. And wherever you are, just bow your head as I pray. Mighty Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for reminding us that you are who you say you are. We thank you that in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our failings, in spite of our frailty lord our imperfection you can move on the scene of our situation and bring victory lord give us that faith that david had give us that faith that we can stand against the enemy even if we have to stand alone because we know you are there with us mighty father touch your people tonight on the line. We lift up Sister Alexandra right now, Father. We lift up your children who are, who are in need of deliverance from demonic bondage. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we plead your blood upon your children. We ask that you would help us to grab hold by faith and that together we can join in unity and we can Speak your word to these demonic forces and they will flee in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, give us power, Lord. Give us that anointing that we are so longing for, we are pleading for. Help us not to walk in defeat. Help us to walk with our heads held high because of the God you are to us. Father, touch us, revive us, transform us, we pray. And keep us close to you, abiding in you, now and forevermore. We thank you, we praise you. We glorify you, almighty Father, in the name of your precious and most beloved Son, we pray. 
Amen and amen. And Abba Father, as we come in total agreement with the prayer of our sister Anita tonight, Lord, we come in praise. We come, as your word says in First Chronicles 16, glory and honor are in your presence. Strength and gladness are in your place. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. And let men say among the nations, the Lord reigneth. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the fields rejoice and all that is therein. Then shall the trees of the wood sing out at the presence of the Lord, because he cometh to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Oh, God, we thank you for our sister who has lifted up your people in prayer. We thank you, oh, God, for the message. We thank you, oh, God, for using our sister tonight to show us, dear God, that if you are with us, who can be against us? Oh, God, we thank you. We praise you. We give you all the glory and honor that you to your name. We thank you for the anointing. We thank you for the deliverance. We thank you for the healing, Lord. And, Lord, we also ask that you continue to be with us as we go through the Sabbath. Let our praises, may the connection be strong, oh, God, and may our faith increase. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.